Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. No need for the calculator here, Poindexter. We're average Joes who are passionate fans. This is for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Hey, 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 and welcome to this episode of Everyday Eagles Podcast, where we continue to bring on former Southern Miss greats to catch up with um, as our Where Are They Now segment. Before we introduce our guest, let's hear from that guy that's been saying hotty toddy all week, Mr. Lane Brady. Oh, man, I'm just <laughs> bitter. I'm bitter, Chuck. I'm very bitter. I haven't got over it yet, and it's just, I can't even watch the College World Series right now and enjoy it. I, I know it, it kind of ruined it for us. Didn't it, man? It, it definitely did. Yeah, so, sure. And then I finally got to watch a Braves game yesterday and then they lost. So it's just, uh, the Cubs beat them. The Cubs were like on a 13 game losing streak and they beat the Braves were on like a 15 game winning streak. That was I know. It's just, I don't know when it rains, it pours, I guess. So. <laughs> I guess so. But we got, we got some good news today. We got a, a, a great guest. I'm gonna let you introduce her. Yeah, so obviously we are we've we've been uh hanging out on baseball pretty much this entire series. We brought in baseball guests every week. And we're a podcast that's about all things Southern Miss, all sports, all everything. So we're gonna take a step aside from baseball, not go too far. We're going to softball here. And we're bringing in Samantha Papp. Uh she played catcher for the Golden Eagles and she has a lot of impressive stuff she has accomplished as a Golden Eagle. And so we're really excited to bring her on here and talk to her. And, guys, I will say this. Uh, Pate had an idea. This was all Pate, the tech guru. He had an idea to post out there that uh, we wanted fan questions. And mm-hmm. we wanted to get fans involved. Because we want you guys to be involved. This is Everyday Eagles for a reason. We want the Everyday Eagles involved in it. We want a social media presence that brings you guys in. And Pate just put this post out there, send us your questions, and boy, you guys delivered. We got some great questions from our listeners, and we're going to run through those today. But first off, welcome Samantha Pat. Samantha, welcome to the show. What's up, Pat? Hello. Thank you, guys. Good to have you on right here. Thanks. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun. We'll have a good night tonight. So, uh, Pat, I guess the first question here that we ask, we got a few questions we ask all of our guests here. The first one is, why did you choose Southern Miss? Oh, man. Um, Well, I'm originally from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, so I grew up. Um, you know, going to Southern Miss games, softball, football, baseball. Um, So it always been a Golden Eagle at heart. And when I was going through the recruitment process, I really was prioritizing athletics and academics both. And so I was trying to choose an option that um, would feel like home for me first and foremost, but also would provide a lot of opportunities for growth um, in my career. And Southern Miss kind of aligned with that. And it's really hard to turn down the opportunity to play in your hometown. So that's awesome. And we got several fan questions that go that, that aim at you being a hometown kid and mm-hmm. at you uh, at your academic achievements. Because, guys, when they say student athlete, 
Samantha Pap understood the assignment and crushed it. Student <laughs> she did. We will we'll go through. I've got some stats written down, and these are a little bit different than the stats I normally write down, but uh, equally, <laughs> honestly, more impressive what she was able to accomplish there. And we'll go through all that in a minute. So, Samantha, what was your favorite Southern Miss moment? Oh, that's such a hard one. You know, I was I was fortunate to have gotten to play all four years at Southern Miss. Um, there were some great ones. I would say probably my my ultimate favorite moment was um, my junior year. It, we were in uh, conference play at the time, and we were playing against Western Kentucky at home. And um, it had, like, rained earlier in the day, so we were in a big rain delay. We were really, like – adamant about getting the game in so I vividly remember like using Powerade cups to scoop water off the field to like help the field get ready to play anyway we ended up going to 11 innings with them um and we won in a walk-off I actually hit a walk-off home run and I just remember it was like over spring break and you know all of my non-athlete friends were on trips and stuff and I just remember like there being nowhere else I would have rather been than in that moment Mm -hmm. with my teammates um that was that was a pretty sweet memory I feel like a walk-off is one of the greatest feelings you could possibly have. Yeah. That's just awesome. It was pretty, it was, it was pretty awesome. We had a really great, um, it was 11 innings of fun. So it, and it was, it was pretty late at the time, but it was fun. That's almost two softball games. Yeah. Yeah. That's was. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. How exhausted were you after that game catching? You know, really tired. And I think, my friends and I always joke about it, but like my knees are still probably dealing with that impact. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to need knee replacements in the next like 10 years, but super great memory. Really fun. There's a really cool picture of all of us like hugging afterwards. It's just a really great, uh, really great day. That's awesome. Well, what was your, uh, what was your major Pat? My major was special education, special education. That's awesome. Yeah. What are you, what are you doing now? So I live in Nashville, Tennessee now. Um, After I graduated from Southern Miss, I taught high school special education for a semester. And then I was admitted to graduate school at Vanderbilt University. So I actually just graduated a little over a month ago with my master's in special education from here as well. Thank you. Congratulations. Um, Yes, clearly I can't get away from school. Um, (laughs) And now I'm returning and I will be teaching high school special education here in Nashville. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, is there anything that our listeners can kind of do now to help support you in your career? Oh, man. I mean, I would say and any opportunity you have to support public school teachers, even if it's not me, I think, um, you know, all all jobs are, are hard, but especially teachers still moving out of distance learning and everyone wants the best for their students. And sometimes it's just can be hard to provide that in certain scenarios. So just supporting public school teachers anywhere you can, whether that is, you know, providing tissues for your teacher, mm-hmm. your, your students, you know, local classroom or whatever, like attending events that local schools put on for fundraising. I remember we always did like nukes nights and stuff, yeah. um, just stuff like that to show that you are supportive of public school teachers and the school system in general. That's awesome. For sure. It's a great yeah. idea. Hey. All right. All right, so Samantha, uh, I'll go first with some fan questions we had with some listener questions that they sent in. The first four actually came from my wife, Mary Lois. Once you know Mm. her, you've known her for a while now. Uh, I have. So her first one, 
uh, said, Samantha, how did you balance academics along with playing Division One softball through the years, especially during the season? Now, before you answer this, I'm going to throw some stats out there, guys. I'm the stat guy, Samantha. I love numbers. <laughs> He's the poindextra. I love, I love seeing stuff, you know, like seeing – I want numbers to tell me what this person's doing. So, Samantha Papp, with her academic and athletics combined – 2018 and 2019, uh, you were a Conference USA softball all-academic team uh, player. You were a presidential scholar in 2015 through 2019, so all four years. President's list, 2015 through 19. 2015 through 19, you were on the um, Conference USA Commissioner's Honor Roll. 2015 through 2019, Conference USA Commissioner's Academic Medal Recipient. And in 2019, you were named the Outstanding Undergraduate Student in Special Ed in the School of Education. Um, wow. So wow, that, right. That's unbelievably impressive. Uh, to go along with all of your accomplishments on the field, too. So, again, the question was, how were how you able to balance all that, especially during the season? Yeah, I mean, it was certainly a challenge. Um, it was something that I actually had started to learn to do in high school. Um, academics are, you know, at the end of the day, the reason why we're in school at, at the university, but also such an honor to compete athletically as well. So trying to prioritize both of them equally, but certainly lots of very early mornings, late nights. My schedule often was wake up, go to weights, go to class, go to practice, go home, eat, go to the library. I was like Starbucks is number one fan. There's a Starbucks on the bottom floor of the library. Um, often had to sacrifice a lot of like socialization things that might would have happened, you know, on evenings when I had to do homework. Mm-hmm. Um, we, so NCAA, you have one off day a week. So I certainly took advantage of off days with no practice. Um, and then during season, especially, I just vividly remember like after games being like having my little light on above my seat and like doing homework on the bus I would always take advantage of travel time and the airport and stuff, just really trying to maximize built-in time um, during season, taking advantage of any downtime that we had um, to try to like get ahead of my academics so that I could be fully present when it was time to compete um, athletically. Wow. And that's very impressive how you were able to do all that. And you mentioned you sacrificed a lot, you know, it shows a lot of discipline. You mentioned you sacrificed a lot. It was all worth it in the long run, though, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. The The experiences that I had at Southern Miss set me up for, you know, so many things that I had hoped to accomplish after I graduated. So, totally worth it. Absolutely. All right. And then the next question she asked was, how did being the hometown girl play out in college? Obviously, you played at Oak Grove. And so, mm-hmm. how, did, how was it playing in your hometown uh, in college baseball? or softball. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. It, it was amazing. Um, I, in reflecting on it, it felt like I was always at home, even when I was on campus, you know, like it was very distinct, my home with where I grew up and then being on campus felt separate, but I still felt like I was always at home. I had mentioned how I'd grown up going to games and, you know, I attended softball camps and watched people play and watched the softball program grow. So being able to play in my hometown, it just, it felt like also it was just a mechanism for increasing community support at games. Cause 
you know, my family was always there. And then if you've ever met my family, we're not a quiet bunch. So uh, we're, we're good at like bringing people in and trying to get people to come to games. And my family rarely ever missed any of my games, um, usually only if it was super far away, if that. And um, I just felt like I was always at home and felt, you know, like the community was able to rally around that. And then it was also nice being able to go home for dinner when I didn't feel like cooking. So. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Take a load of laundry with you when you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, always. <laughs> always. Always. All right. So her <laughs> next question was, tell me more about your decision to go to grad school after college. Now, you didn't just go to, you know, you didn't go to a local grad school. You went to uh, Vanderbilt, right? Yes, I did. And she asked, do you plan on staying in Nashville? So, uh, again, more about your decision with grad school, and then do you plan on staying in Nashville? Yeah, so my degree from Southern Miss was special education, but it was actually um, training me to work with students with mild to moderate disabilities. And um, I knew that I wanted to ultimately work with students with pretty severe disabilities. So I knew I needed to be trained further to be prepared to enter that career. Um, so there were several programs I had applied to for graduate school and Vanderbilt was my dream school. And so I was like, I'm just going to apply and see what happens. Um, ended up getting in and it was a huge blessing. And so I moved to Nashville, just finished up two years of school here. So I now am trained to teach students with all disabilities. And I do plan on staying in Nashville, at least for now. I love it here. It's a, it's a great place. I feel like I've been able to put down roots here. I miss Hattiesburg, but I've had a lot of opportunities to grow here. So I'm excited about that. Very cool. And then her last question, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to tinker with this one a little bit and add a little something to it. You'll see in a minute. If she doesn't like okay. it, I'll have to answer <laughs> to her later. But <laughs> Uh, so her last question, she said, your parents are the best, which obviously we know your whole family. We've known them for a while mm -hmm. now, and we, we know your parents well. My, so Mary Lois asked, your parents are the best. Tell me more about the impact they have made on you, especially in your college years and playing ball. And I want to throw your sisters in this, too, because <laughs> Kaylin Pap asked you oh. a question also. She wants to know who your favorite sister is. Alexis seemed pretty confident it was her. Uh, we won't make you pick between the two of them. But obviously, you guys are a close-knit family. So mm -hmm. uh, I'll tinker with it a little bit and ask, tell us about the impact of your family as a whole, your, your parents, your sisters on you, and how did that impact you, especially in, in college years playing softball? Oh, uh, yeah, my just to echo you, my, my family is the best. Um, my parents, you know, provided all the supports and experiences that I would have needed to even have the opportunity to compete at the level of Southern Miss, um, providing the exposure to high level softball when I was growing up, the travel ball scene. My parents would go to the field with me. You know, my dad and I, I just remember hours and hours at the batting cages at Optimus Park practicing. And, um, you know, there was even one time where my family and I, we all went to the field together. My mom was like playing first base for me and I like broke her thumb. Didn't intend oh, to, wow. but like, you know, talk about unconditional support. Like I threw a ball. She, she caught it. She says she caught it correctly. I don't know, but <laughs> broke her thumb. So just like super unconditional support from my parents setting the stage for me to have the opportunity to compete and then continued unconditional support when I was per, when I was playing at Southern Miss. I really 
I think I could count on one hand how many games like I was at a game without a parent. Like very few did my parents were they not there. Um, so just yeah, and then with my with my sisters, you know, they're both my younger sisters. So I just feel like I always had this um, responsibility to be a good role model for them, and they were dragged to game after game after game. They're pretty, pretty much since they were infants, you know, softball fields were like where they grew up, and they just. I always, they, my family always knew what to say after hard games. They celebrated with me on the highs just as much as through the lows. So I won't answer the, uh, the favorite sister question. I will say that my favorite <laughs> sibling is probably my parents' new puppy. That's what I'll uh-oh, say. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The new puppies are sweet, aren't they? Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and you mentioned your sisters. Did, Alexis had a good career playing softball too, huh? Your, your youngest? Yeah, she did. Yes, yeah, she yeah. did. She just uh, she finished her career. She played at Oak Grove too, so she yeah. um, played through her senior year, and she did a really great job. So I, I always, you know, it was fun to be able to support her too, um, and go watch her play and kind of return the favor of the years she spent at the ball field for me. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was it for Mary Lois. Uh, her questions. The next person who asked you some questions was Laurie Neelis. You know, Lori, huh? She uh, she works at Southern Miss in the School of Kinesiology. She's coached some softball. She knows she knows her softball. And mm-hmm. uh, Lori actually sent me a message and said she loves the guests we got coming on this week. So, uh, <laughs> and Lori brought it. She brought some good questions too. Some really thought provoking yeah. ones. The first one was, "What advice would you give to young girls who aspire to play college sports?" Oh, yeah. Well, just to mention real quick to uh, Lori, she was actually she coached me. She was super instrumental in my recruiting process. She was my my coach when I was going through that. So she she was someone who really helped me aspire to play college sports. But um, in answering her question, I uh, I think like there's kind of two pieces to what I would say. I would say the first one is just like be willing to put in the work. Sometimes it can like the idea of playing college sports like, yeah, I want to do that. But when you think about how much work has to go into it, it maybe doesn't sound as exciting. But once you set your mind to it, you know, whether that's going to the field on a Sunday afternoon to get extra practice, hitting the weight room and lifting and developing your leadership skills and then watching the sport at a competitive level, analyzing how athletes um, perform well, I would say just like be willing to put in the work. Um, But also I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I would have is just remembering that like your worth is not only in your athletic performance, but in how you impact the people around you. So how do you impact your teammates? What legacy are you leaving? Are you leaving the program or the sport better than you found it? Um, if I feel like if you pursue those goals, then you will always um, leave a better legacy than if you solely focus on, I want to hit three home runs and that's all I care about, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a team sport and you know, the impact you have on your teammates is huge in those sports. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned how hard it is to do it and how when people realize the work, a lot of times it's tough. It's almost like a, it's a full-time job, basically. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> you're putting the hours in that a full-time job would be and more. You know, mm-hmm. so that's, uh, that's some great advice you had there. The next one. Uh, Laurie asked was if you could go back and talk to the 18 year old you what would you say to her about college about playing D1 softball and and what would you tell her to help her with her journey I would say 
if I could talk to 18 year old me, the biggest thing would be just to be present throughout the whole, the whole experience. So on the highs and in the lows, be present when you're celebrating the highs, but also like the lows are worth learning from. So take, you know, not just being happy when things are going well, but also what can I learn when I'm facing struggles throughout division one softball? Cause it's going to happen any, any competitive sport, anything really in life, you're going to have, you know, challenges associated with it. So I always kind of would tell my, I would want to tell myself to see those as opportunities for growth. Um, I would tell myself to look forward to meeting some of my best friends that I'm going to meet through the sport. Um, and then just taking advantage of all opportunities to get better. So I think I learned a lot, especially later in my career, how important the mental aspect of the game was. So being sure to work on that just as much as you worked on the physical hitting, fielding, whatever aspects of it. Absolutely. And then the last one, now you're talking to the parents mm-hmm. of, of um, prospective college softball players or just college athletes in general. What advice would you give those parents about the process of one, supporting their daughter, two, the recruiting process, and three, understanding the rigors of being an athlete and an honor student. And obviously we mentioned your parents earlier. I feel like they probably got an A plus on that assignment on all mm-hmm. three. So what would you <laughs> so how would you what advice would you give the parents of these of these girls aspiring to play college sports in those three instances? Yeah. Um so I'll start I'll just go in order for the the advice for supporting their daughter. I would say Sports are hard. Female sports, male sports, it doesn't really matter. Sports are going to be challenging regardless. But, you know, we've, I think we've heard a lot on the news lately about just how challenging and how like prevalent mental health issues can be in college athletics. So I would say caring for like your daughter's mental well being before anything else. You know, it's kind of hard to excel athletically if you're also struggling mentally. So being sure that like if you're pushing your daughter, you're challenging her to be at her peak performance, you need to also be ensuring that she has the supports mentally to uh, excel in that way. Um, for the recruiting process, I vividly remember, this is something that Coach Lori taught me, uh, Lori Nails taught me, was just that everything matters. So I remember hearing about um, being recruited and they were college coaches, really wanted this one pitcher and they were watching her on the field and she had a great game. But then in the par- they were watching how she acted in the parking lot and she was pretty disrespectful to her parents and instead of like hustling on the field, she was walking. And so that really turned them away from pursuing her. So in the recruiting process, like everything matters. What type of person are you, even when you don't think coaches are watching, how dedicated are you to doing all the right things and not cutting corners? Um, And then the rigors of athlete and honor student, I mean, both are going to equip your daughter for future, for a future in a lot of different ways. Um, I would say that they can, equally emphasize both. I think it can be easy to prioritize one or the other, but they're both important. So being sure that your daughter understands how to put those above, maybe hanging out with friends all the time. Of course, it's important to do both. But if you want to really excel, I think, like I mentioned, you're going to have to sacrifice sometimes. And sometimes that might look like not going out to dinner every night because you need to study or something. So teaching your daughter from a young age how to prioritize what's most important to her um, you're only in college for a few years. Take advantage of the resources you have to really capitalize on your goals. Awesome. 
Awesome. Great answers there. And so the last person that I was taking their questions and then Chuck will have some more uh, listener questions. So uh, Coach Wendy Hogue. Mm-hmm. I feel like we got the who's who here in the right. softball world. Six A <laughs> state champion coach, former Golden Eagle coach, Wendy Hogue. Made me smile to see her ask some questions here. So her first question, and her questions, I feel like lead to really good stories. I'm not really sure, but I feel like they have a story <laughs> behind them. Uh, do you still keep a planner is her first one. Uh, so, yeah, just backstory. I am like such a type A organized person. And I, in college, I had these like very fancy planners that I would use to write my homework and practice and my schedule and my to-do list and all these stuff. Um, and it was, a, it was like a printed paper, like planner. It wasn't online. It was a printed one. And so that was kind of like a, a running joke amongst the team is like Pap's planner. Da, da, da. Um, I do still keep a planner of course, but I actually have to report that I have switched to like a digital planner, which is groundbreaking for people who knew me in college, but I do use my phone now instead of like a printed paper because I got tired of carrying around a big planner with me all the time. So now I just use my phone, but I do still use a planner. (laughs) Well, her second question here is, is everything still color coded? Oh yeah. Even on the computer I have, I can like (laughs) name off right now, the colors for everything, whatever meetings are and social and personal and yes, everything is totally still color coded. (laughs) You know, having a planner just says a lot about, it how does on top of stuff you were as a student. <laughs> how much, how much fun I was, right? I never <laughs> once had even thought if about If you wrote it down to have fun. Absolutely. No doubt. You had to schedule that kind of stuff in you there. You had to schedule Coach, the fun, yeah. And then Coach Hogue threw this at the end. She said, love you, Pap. So proud of you. So, Aww, but, uh, Love you too, Coach Hogue. She's a, she's a good one. So She is. All right, so Chuck, you've got some fan questions or some listener questions. He's gonna he's gonna run through those, and then with the time left over, uh, Chuck and I we had some uh, questions that that you know we want to know too, but we want to make sure to get to these listener questions first. So Chuck, go ahead and take it away with your listener questions. Absolutely, and I wanted to touch um, back on something you said earlier, Pap, about the importance of student athletes and mental health. Um, I'm a firm believer that I think every sports team should have a social worker on their staff Um, because like Mm. their students are dealing with so much now, whether it's body image issues or divorced parents or abusive relationships or poor grade. I mean, like there's tons of things these students are facing now that even Lane and I didn't face when we were in college. So I'm really Mm. happy. I'm really happy to hear you um, endorse that. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a big piece of making sure that our athletes are equipped to succeed. For sure, for sure. All right, uh, I'll move on to the questions. These come from Audra and Jason Classen, I believe is how you say their name. If I'm mispronouncing, Classen. Okay, I think it's Classen. Yeah. Classen. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right, and they asked, "Tell me what you're most proud of accomplishing." <sighs> um, I think something that was this is in re- in consideration of my career at Southern Miss. So that's how I'm going to answer. Um, something that I was really passionate about, but I really loved about competing at the college level was the opportunity to spend a lot of time around younger athletes. So athletes that would come to camps 
And then you would kind of become like buddies with them. And then they would come to games and they would hold up signs with your name on it. And um, I think that was such a, that's such a cool privilege associated with being a college athlete is that you have so many little eyes watching you. Um, And that was something I tried to be really intentional about when I was competing. And so I'm super proud that I, I have been able to make those connections. And now I'm like, Facebook friends with those girls' parents mm-hmm. who, the, I mean, the girls are, I feel like I'm old now. They're like <laughs> older now and they're like competing for like junior varsity and varsity sports. And it's just really cool having been able to watch them grow and flourish and being able to say that I played a super small part in their softball career and like what hopefully is their passion for the game. That's awesome. Leaving a legacy behind. I love that. Yeah, thank you. Um, what are you looking forward to over the next few years? I'm super excited to just work. I feel like I've been in school forever. I'm ready to like be in charge and like um, be careful yeah. what you ask for. Right. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that like we're in recording. Right. So now I have no basis to complain. I am really excited about like officially beginning my professional career. I feel like I've been in training a long time to do that. So I'm really excited for the opportunity to, be putting down roots in a school system here, hopefully really investing in like the lives of students. Um, also, I recently got a puppy and I'm thinking over the next few years, possibly he will finally be trained and I'm okay. really ready for that. What, what kind of puppy did you get? I got a Labrador Retriever. Okay. What'd you name yeah. him or her? His name is Knox. Knox. So. Mm-hmm. So you live you live in Nashville, but you named him Knox. Yeah, it's not after Knoxville. Everyone okay. thinks it is. Actually, my favorite coffee shop in Hattiesburg's name is it's Equinox. So I named him okay. after my Hattiesburg coffee shop. I dig it. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, their next question is, have you published any recent articles? Yeah. So for, for listeners who may not un- like understand the context of that question, in, in academia, a lot of times you write, you conduct research and then publish articles based off the research you've done. So I have, um, I published a jur- an article recently in a journal within the last maybe six months um, with my research team here at Vanderbilt. It was in the um, Augmentative and Alternative Communication Journal. And um, so that was kind of cool to have the opportunity to publish that article. It was about how prepared are special education teachers in the United States to help students with disabilities. So, that is awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's very yeah. unique. Very cool. That's for sure. Thank you. We'll awesome. have to find a, a link to that article. Yeah. Thank you. I think, yeah, I can totally share it with you guys. Yeah. Thanks. Well, here's a, a great question, and I, th- I can't wait to hear this answer. Why did you choose to become a special education teacher? Um, I think, you know, my whole life I've been really passionate about just advocating for individuals with disabilities. And I have a very, like, stark memory of my very first kind of experience doing that. I was in it was either second or third grade. I think it was third grade. Um, and I had a classmate who was in a wheelchair and we went to, we all went to recess and he couldn't get onto the recess like field. It wasn't accessible for his wheelchair. Um, like it couldn't go, go on the terrain. And so I just remember being like, that doesn't seem fair. I didn't know anything about like laws about accessibility. Um, but I knew that didn't really seem right. So me and my little classmate, we like started brainstorming, we somehow coerced our parents to take us to the little dollar store and we bought little trinkets and we got our principals. We did this presentation to the principal, got our principal's permission to sell the little trinkets and toys we had bought at an increased price to our classmates. 
And then we used the funds from that little fundraiser we did to buy games to play with my classmate instead of going to recess. So that was my first like vivid memory of I see injustices in the way that people with disabilities are treated. I want to do something to fix it. Um, And then throughout high school, I volunteered and worked with people with disabilities. In college, I worked for an organization, the ARC, for individuals with disabilities. And then Mm -hmm. I've kind of always just known I was meant to be a teacher. I was totally the type to, like, pretend teach my stuffed animals growing up. So it just seemed like a very natural decision. I did change my major, like, six times. But then I finally was like, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm just going to do it and never looked back. Absolutely. I think, I think you're right. I think that's your calling for sure. Thank you. I think so too. Um, I have a, a, a nephew with cerebral palsy and his, uh, his teacher in high school was very, very good with him. Yeah. Um, so special education is very personal to me and my family. Um, you can ask Pate um, later, but I always get so upset when I see uh, people who park in like handicapped spots mm-hmm. that, are not, that don't have a decal or are obviously not disabled in any way. So I ordered some cards and uh, the cards say being lazy is not a disability. <laughs> and so I leave those on car. If I see somebody, I'll either say something to them. like, you know, there's a handicapped spot or I'll leave a card on their car. So if you get one, Hattiesburgers, it was me. I did it. Don't park in a handicapped <laughs> parking spot. Love it. Uh, Yes. Uh, their last question is, how did USM prepare you for grad school and teaching? I think I think Southern Miss uh, did everything that it could have done to prepare me for grad school. I mean, grad school, you know, I thought coming out of undergrad at Southern Miss, being a student athlete, I was like, oh, grad school is going to be easy. It'll be a like, piece of cake. And now that I'm not an athlete anymore, it was it was very challenging. It was a different type of challenging, but Southern Miss um, provided me the, the classes that I took. Um, I feel like I was really prepared to enter higher level classes in grad school. They taught me a lot about how to be an effective teacher. I think Southern Miss by and large prepared me so much for grad school and teaching. I don't think there's anything else I could have really done to prepare. That's awesome. Great. Southern Miss to the top for sure. Oh yeah. Um, all right. These next round of questions come from another softball great, Miss uh, Brittany Ross Denell or D- Brittany Denell Ross rather. Um, played third base at Southern Miss. Uh, mm-hmm. So she asks, um, "How did you handle battling through adversity? What did you do? How did you overcome when you were in a slump?" Oh my gosh, I don't miss <laughs> being in slumps, <laughs> but they happen. Um, I mean, I vividly remember, I don't know what year it was in my career, but I had gone like, I think nine games without a hit. I mean, it was that, that completely becomes a mental game, Mm -hmm. um, all the way. Um, and I, I think for me, what I, what I had tried to learn to do throughout the years of, of softball, I kind of hinted at this earlier was trying to shift my mindset of like, oh my gosh, this is something terrible happening to me to what is the lesson I can learn from this? And so really practically it would be if I had an at bat that I wasn't happy with, it's like, okay, well, I might not have been happy with the outcome. What can I, what's one thing I can change to do differently the next at bat? What is one thing that I can adjust? What is something positive? And then also, especially if it was like I was in a hitting slump, all right, well, then how can I maximize my skills defensively? What can I do as a catcher to, to lead the team more? And not trying to, certainly not trying to ignore, you know, the adversity I'm walking through, but trying to reframe it. So like, this is going to happen. This is part of the game. What can I do to focus on and what small changes can I feasibly do to try to work out of it? 
That that's great, and you you keep saying all these therapy words like reframing, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even notice great. that. No, yeah, yeah. So, can you apply that to how you handle stressful situations now in life? Kind of the same mentality, the same concept. Oh yeah, I mean, if you think about like if I'm thinking professionally when I'm teaching, let's say I have a, you know, I th- I have this super great lesson planned, and I go to teach my students, and it just is awful and no one listens and it doesn't go through the way that I wanted it to. It's like, okay, well let's identify a couple of things that went wrong. Let's choose a couple of things we can change for next time and let's keep going. Like the, I, I think sometimes it can be really, really easy. And especially speaking about myself when I was in college to focus on and really like hone in on the negatives, like, Oh my gosh, I went over four. I can't believe I did that. I'm so terrible, whatever. Okay. You can have a moment, be frustrated with yourself, but there's another game coming. You can't keep thinking about it. So I think the same thing with, with life too. That's awesome. Great analogy. Great analogy. Um, and Brittany's last question is what was your favorite class and why? <laughs> um, this is too, like so random, but I think my favorite class I took was weather and climate, which is like so weird. has nothing to do with my degree. <laughs> I had um, that class too. Did you? I, I uh-huh. love that class. <laughs> Do you know when it's going to cool down some? Can you tell us that? You know, I was about to say, I did learn about like how to predict cold fronts. And I vividly remember like telling my teammates at practice that day, like, y'all, there's going to be a cold front. But I could not tell you right now what it was. So I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Yeah. I just remember right, it was sunny outside one day and she told us we could leave. Like, go enjoy <laughs> the weather today. Oh my god! Awesome. She did that that, multiple times. She probably shouldn't have. I'm probably writing somebody else. (laughs) I was gonna say you're probably getting her in trouble now. But you know, it was it was fun in the moment. (laughs) All right, Lane. That's all those questions, man. Uh, You want to dive into your questions? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Samantha, a a lot of the listener questions have really kind of focused on just the process of being a college athlete. And being a really good, uh, being a really good student, I'm I'm going to focus a little bit more on just the athletic side of. It. I want to focus a little bit more on the softball side of things here. Cool. Um, so, obviously, we've been talking about baseball on the show a lot. A lot of the other guests were baseball players and stuff, and softball and baseball certainly have a lot of similarities, but there are some glaring differences, and one of those is. I feel like a dominant pitcher on a softball team goes a lot further than it does on a baseball team. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that starting pitcher, a lot of times she can go the full distance and throw an entire game just because of mm-hmm. the change of the angle on her elbow because of the different throwing styles. Well, how does that adjust your approach whenever you're up against a dominant pitcher? Because I know in baseball they'll try to get the pitch count up and get him out of there. Well, in softball, you know, you're kind of stuck with this person. So what was your your approach against just a dominant starting pitcher? How did you guys approach that and handle that and and get the best of those pitchers? Yeah, I love that question. I, it's funny you mentioned pitch count because I'm like, I don't remember really us ever discussing pitch count as a factor when preparing like for softball, it kind of shows the difference in softball and baseball. Yeah. Softball pitchers can go a long time. So I think, you know, I, I remember we would get a scouting report and usually a good pitcher, a dominant pitcher will have usually one to two of her like best pitches that you can tell from a scouting report will be coming. 
right? So let's pretend, for example, we're going to face a pitcher this weekend and her like screwball and change up are like lights out. So also change up, I think is like comparable to a slider in baseball. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's like an off-speed pitch. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's pretend like that. So then the whole week leading up to that, we would be simulating facing a pitcher like that. So we would take at-bats off of our own pitchers, throwing pitches pitches like that, curveballs or whatever, screwballs and change-ups. And then we would um, watch film about the pitcher and kind of like have a game plan of which pitch you wanted to receive. So like let's say I would choose I want to hit. If I get a change-up, that's what I want to hit. So then I would just kind of have that mindset when I went up to the to the plate to be prepared to see that pitch and maybe don't swing at anything else unless I have two strikes. And then of course you can't just like watch a strike go by, but that was kind of how we would approach it. Kind of hone in on like, what, what is this pitcher's like bread and butter? And then really practice that throughout the practices leading up to that game. Okay. That's it. So you basically said, we're just going to, we're just going to nose down and run right through this thing and find yeah. what, what she doing, what she good at. Well, let's find a way to overcome that and beat that. So. Yeah, that's kind of what we have to do because, like I said, pitch count really doesn't play a, f- a factor at all. So I'm pretty kinda, sure you're, in the you're... College World Series last year for softball, I'm pretty sure there was one girl who threw, like, back-to-back shutouts, like, in oh, the yeah. same day. Like, oh, yeah. I think it was for James Madison University or something. I distinctly remember seeing it, and I was like, that is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. it's just that can happen on a softball field, you know? Yeah, uh, it does. So that, that's kind of where it comes into play, right? Like, you're you're not going to run her off with the pitch count, so you better figure out a way to run her off by dominating and hitting well. So Yeah, I got you. So you just kind of had, had your pitch, and you sat on it, and when it yeah. came, you, you had to capitalize on it. Yeah. Uh, that All was right. plan. And so now here's my next uh, question here. So I went back and looked up a couple stats here. As a correct me if I'm wrong here, but from what I saw on the on the I think it was on Southern Miss's site, uh, you hit four home runs as a sophomore and hit four again as a junior. Those were kind of your best power years mm-hmm. at Southern Miss. And you had a 996 uh, fielding percentage as a senior, which is unbelievable. Um, so obviously you, you had your moments where you showed a lot of pop at the plate. You also showed a lot of ability on the fielding side of, of the game and fielding side of your position. So my question is this, did you get more fired up about throwing out a runner or hitting a homer? What would you rather do throw out a runner or hit a homer as a catcher? (sighs) I honestly think this is like probably a cliche answer, but it really depends on the scenario of the game. Like if we're like the runner on first, if if, let's say I'm catching and the runner on first, if she advances to second and she scores, we could lose the game. Then like, I'm going to be really pumped about throwing her out versus like hitting a home run. If our team is already up by 10, you know, like I think I, I was more excited about whatever, like better serve the team's ultimate outcome. Um, but I, I don't know. I do think there's something special about throwing someone out because it's kind of more personal if someone tries to steal on you, you know? It's oh, like, yeah. Oh, no, no, okay. No. Where do you think you're going, you know? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> They're challenging you a little yeah. bit. You know, you give them a finger wave when you throw them off. Uh-uh. You know, one of those You deals. don't run on Samantha. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like I would take it personal if I was a catcher, you know? Uh-huh. Like, okay, yeah. this is what we're doing. Uh, yeah. what's, so you mentioned, I'm assuming the walk-off home runs, probably your, your most memorable Homer. 
Do you remember, obviously you threw out a lot of runners in your time at Southern Miss. Do you remember one in particular that you just, was there one that made you like spike your helmet and go crazy and excited? So do you remember any just, what was the biggest throw out a runner moment for you? Do you remember? I, I don't remember that like names, but the first thing I thought of was, I do remember, I could be totally wrong, but I have a memory of when we played Auburn at home. And I'm pretty sure there was a girl that tried to steal and I did get her out. And I think she was pretty quick. So that's like what the first thing came to my mind was like being really excited. I got her out. Um, So yeah, I would say that's probably my, I do think also at one point talking about Ole Miss, we did play at Ole Miss and I threw a runner out there. I don't remember who that runner was, but just playing at Ole Miss, is just like a whole nother level. So throwing out someone at like their home territory was fun too. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Just the competitor of, in you comes out there. That's, <laughs> speaking like of fast that. lane, I know that you probably have this stat there, but do you know uh how many uh or what her stealing base percentage is? Oh my goodness. I didn't think about Samantha stealing. No, I don't know. Dignabit. Samantha, do you perfect. know? Do you Am know? I right, no. Sam? <laughs> what? You are perfect through your career at Southern Miss, oh, yeah? if I'm not mistaken. You are one for one with a stolen base. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know when that was. <laughs> if I'm not oh mistaken, that's what the website said. So That's awesome. I, I, like, I did not hey, know that. A thousand, baby. All right. And she <laughs> could run. She yeah. Could run. Real, real speedy over here. <laughs> All right. So my next question here is, are you superstitious? Did you have a superstition? Uh, you know, I don't know if it counts as a superstition, but I was very, like, structured. Probably you can figure out by now I'm a little bit of a structured person. So yeah, I did bit. have, like, like specific things I had to do before games. So I always had to have my hair done. It's always some type of braid. I guess this probably isn't a thing. Like, your baseball players probably don't respond this way. But yeah, had to have the <laughs> – <laughs> they choose Tom cotton candy bubblegum. Tom kid is what the big fan of braiding his hair. I don't think. But. Yeah, well, he needs to work on that then. But <laughs> we, I always had the hair braided. Usually, I lived with some girls um, who could braid really well. So my teammates who I lived with would braid my hair. And then at home games, would always go to Starbucks. I would get a grande iced coffee and a cinnamon raisin bagel. And then before every game, I mean every day, but especially cinnamon you know, raisin. Game. Okay, don't judge. It's oh. good. <laughs> um and then always did pregame devotions so those are my three kind of things i had to do before games i got you all right and then my last one honestly samantha this has been my favorite question on this series and i ask every single guest and probably will continue to ask every single guest because this is something i, I generally leave the series and leave the recording talking about do you have any funny stories you can share with us from your playing days? Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Um, I would, oh my gosh. Okay. So you guys might actually not know this. Many people probably don't. My freshman year, I actually started some games in left field. I played outfield for a couple games. I, I did not know that. I yeah. did not know that either. Yeah. No. It, it's something special. And <laughs> so I remember I had never played outfield before. And I remember my, like, very first day practicing outfield. For some reason, it was like, hey, let's work on sun balls. You know, like, balls that are in the sun, trying to block the sun. 
I'm like, okay, whatever. And like, anyway, long story short, the ball hit me literally in the head. Like I did not catch the ball, (laughs) hit me in the face. Um, And then I just remember they, I did play left field for like a game. Ball got hit to me, like internal panic immediately. Like somebody please come catch this ball. I do not want to catch this ball. Somebody else come get this ball. Um, It was terrifying. And then, so that I guess could be considered funny. And then also, um, we did my senior year. We did this like post game with cap thing where like after every that. game, yeah, it was, it was like a series. We would like recap the game and talk. And we always like the like staple was that we always use a different microphone and the video. So like a broomstick or I don't even remember what all the things were, but um, I do remember this. <laughs> and I remember I've, this. I've, I've gone back and watched some of those and I was like really like embarrassed by myself, but also it was very funny. So. Can we still have access to that? Where can we find the the post? Maybe on YouTube. We'll check YouTube. I think they, gonna, yeah. We can. We yeah. can go searching after this for. Yeah. It was post game uh, with Pap, right? No, I don't remember the name actually. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the game I went to. You had a hairbrush as yep. your uh, as your mic. The one right, I'm remembering. That, that was one. Yep. Totally used the hairbrush. <laughs> All right. Well, Chuck, I'm going to turn it over to you. Chuck's got some of his uh, Chuck questions he likes to ask. And cool. Take it I away. It's, it's, it's only about four. Um, so one has nothing to do with softball um, or academics. Uh, but I, I read that your one of your favorite TV shows was The 100. Um, yes. So spoiler alert, people, if you haven't watched The 100 or caught up. <laughs> uh, were you okay when Clark shot Bellamy? Dude, No. No, I was, I was so mad at that. Well, the whole show, I was just frustrated with it. But no, I was not okay. I'm still not okay. Still not okay. Clark went through <laughs> some stuff, didn't she? Yeah, she did. It's almost like, yeah, I don't know. That was a good show, but that was pretty traumatizing. It was. It was. That was traumatizing. All right, we'll, we'll move on to softball stuff now. Um, so we've talked to uh, two pitchers so far on the show, and they both agree that the pitcher-catcher relationship is the most important on the field. Do you agree with that? Have you ever had to get rough with your pitchers? Like, hey, settle down. I mean, did like, did you have to get rough with them? Did you sweet talk them, or what was your your method? Uh, so, I I do agree. Pitcher catcher relationship is the most important. Um, I mean, you can't really have a game if you don't have a pitcher and a catcher, and like that dynamic is so crucial because everyone else looks at you right, like from the direction of the field. My method kind of varied based on which pitcher was in, you know, like some of my pitcher, I mean, and this is no shade at pitchers, but some of them are pretty hard headed. So if you go out of being hard headed, it's not going to get you very far. So with some of them, I, you know, you kind of like sweet talk, like you got it, you know, whatever. But yeah. then some of them, I could kind of just be like, like, what the heck are you doing? Can you get it together, please? Like, you know, can we, can you just like throw some strikes and we can go home? Um, so it kind of just depended on 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 the pitcher, but I do think the the pitcher catcher relationship is the most important one to to sort of lead the team. Yeah, I remember there's some year. pat butt chewings on the mound. Were there some Samantha pat butt chewings? Is she to a pitcher? Maybe, maybe, maybe one or two. Maybe one or two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I usually left that up to Coach Hogue, though. There you go. I can't, I'm well, sure I can't she didn't her. need much help. Did yeah, she? I was going to say. <laughs> can't picture her needing a lot of help on, on some of that. Um, I remember one one year being at a softball game, and um, Sarah Evans, I think, was up to bat or whatever. 
And we were yelling, hey, you got this, Sarah, you got this. And her parents were like, no, that is not how you talk to Sarah. You yell at her and tell her to do her job. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, because she responded better to that. So if you hyped her up like that, she did a lot better on the field. Yeah. See, I'm the inverse. If someone yelled at me, I would like probably cry. <laughs> I am kind of, I'm kind of being dramatic, but I, 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 I liked talking, but yeah, same thing with pitchers. Like mm -hmm. we had a couple who, if you just like, okay, you could do it. They would just kind of be like, all right, whatever. whatever so you kind of had to shift the, shift the strategy based on who you were talking no to. Doubt. No doubt. Okay. Uh, let's see where there are some, uh, you know, obviously playing in the, at Southern Miss, you know, there was a pitcher named Courtney Blades. It was pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. did you admire any of the other softball players like, uh, Jenny Fitch or Courtney Blades or Monica Abbott, any of those? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think any, anyone who was a high performing softball player who brought more attention to the game was someone to admire. But my, one of my biggest role models in the softball world, actually, she played at Southern Miss, Megan Hill. Um, she, you can see her in the record books. She actually coached me in high school one year. And that's kind of how I got to be under her mentorship and just throughout the rest of my high school career and throughout college, she was constantly in my corner. I remember watching her when I was a kid. So the ability to play for her and then be under her mentorship, I, I just vividly remember like being in hotel rooms after rough games, calling her and chatting strategy and always there to support the positives and the lows of really admired her as an athlete and just as a person. Megan Hill is a beast. That mm -hmm. girl could hit a ball. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. She can. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Um, all right, two more questions. That, uh, if you weren't a catcher, what position would you want to play? Left field? No, not no. left field. <laughs> <laughs> Catching sub balls. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would be, I don't know, like, I love catching so much. Still, that's probably the thing I miss the most about the game is just being behind the plate. I think if I had to, so can I say, like, if I would be good at it, like, yeah, pretend yeah. like I'd actually be good at it, I would have loved to have been a pitcher if I would have been good at it. I think kind of having the, you kind of saw the same dynamic as far as, like, leading the field. I would not have been a good pitcher, but if yeah. we're pretending like I would have been good, that's probably what I would pick. I, I bet you would have been good. I bet you would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Did you All ever right. try pitching? Yeah, like when I was in like third grade or something crazy, I took lessons. And then actually in high school, my, my head coach, I really wanted to pitch like an inning of high school. And he let me do that for an inning in high school. And I don't think I actually walked anyone. So that was exciting. Oh, yeah. Hey, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Last thing is what can our listeners do to support those ladies wearing the black and gold on the softball field? Uh, I mean, I think first and foremost would be like going to games. I, I think a lot of times you hear a lot of the hype about, oh, we're hosting like this big SEC team. Let's go watch it, which is fantastic. And of course, we want people to attend those games. But for, for the – to really, like, increase the support of the program, I think things like buying season tickets, attending game, not just the big games, but all the games or as many as you can, um, supporting them when they go on the road if you're, like, don't live in Hattiesburg but going to visit them. And then whether that's, like, joining the booster club or just attending events that they, you know, do. I, I remember we would, like, host camps and clinics and stuff that are sources of revenue for the program. Um but yeah, I think the the biggest one would be just attending and 
kind of the same thing with, you know, all Southern Miss athletics is it is a, it is a town that's special Hattiesburg is, and certainly it's more of a hometown feel. So anytime that the local community is able to hop in and watch some games, I think it helps the team. Absolutely. And, um, so I have to run this by Peyton Lane. So y'all write down a note. This is just an idea I had. So for Pat, I think um, we're going to issue a challenge to our listeners. Um, challenge one. You don't have to do both of them, but do one of them. Challenge one. Uh, go buy season tickets to softball. Because I think they're like mm-hmm. 40 60 bucks, right, Pat? And they're, they're not mm-hmm. yeah. super expensive. Um, buy season tickets. Go to some games. But if you can't go to the games, at least support them financially. And donate those tickets to, you know, a Boys and Girls Club or a mm. high school softball team. And, um, yeah. you know, encourage other people to come if you're not able to make it. And the second thing is, if you're a teacher and you're listening, um, a lot of teachers have Amazon wish lists. Shoot mm-hmm. us that on Facebook and we will put that on our social media. So maybe some of our fans can help fulfill some of those Amazon wish lists. Yeah, I'm going to shoot you mine. Yeah, we'll do that in memory and honor of, not in memory of, but in honor of (laughs) Samantha Pat. I love that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, Pat, we appreciate you coming on and giving us some time tonight. Lane, do you have anything else, man? Uh, I just appreciate the role model you've been for a bunch of young ladies in in the sport of softball and in any sport, really, being a student athlete. Just the example you set and being an ambassador for the university and representing our favorite our favorite university representing it well so we appreciate Absolutely. that i appreciate you. your time samantha i appreciate yeah, this, your time. Been, this was fun tonight so much fun yeah so much fun thank you guys for the opportunity we and listeners and listeners one last thing listeners we're going to continue doing the posting who the upcoming interview person's going to be the upcoming where are they now person will be and taking questions from you guys. I love the way this went tonight. I loved feeling like we're asking the questions people want to know the answers to. And so oh, we're going to keep doing sure. that. Keep looking on social media for that. Uh, let, let's turn this into a thing. I'm enjoying it. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, we love having you, Pap. Thanks so much. And for everybody listening, we'll see you next time. And as always, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. To the top. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. For Southern Miss fans, by Southern Miss fans. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EverydayEaglesPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Everyday Eagles Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Don't